All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan? This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry Hey everybody and welcome to episode 61 of Lupa's Bits I am your host Lupa Barty and it just completely dawned on me that I've been starting these episodes lately with no kind of like deep breath and prep and, you know, bracing myself to go in. I'm just, boom, on. There we go. Okay, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, maybe after a hundred and some odd episodes, I actually think I might know what I'm doing. Um, you'll have to kind of pardon my brain-deaded distractedness. I've been a little busy the last couple of days, uh, fi- fi- 
Apparently my tongue's not working today either. So yeah, there's that. I've been doing stuff. Okay, so we're going to get housekeeping out of the way right quick and in a hurry because if we don't, I'm going to forget. I want to tell you all to go and buy Walter G. Esselman's book, Liberty's Run. Um, not because I was the editor on it, not because I work for the company that published it, not because it's sold at Mythmart, that is um, part of the company that I work for, not because I'm friends with Walter and he's a really cool guy, but it's a really good book. you got to read it. It's a really good book. If you like zombies and uh, smart-ass librarians, um, yeah, it's a good book. I, I totally, totally, totally want to be Liberty when I grow up because she's really cool. I really do like her. She, when I first started reading, um, Liberty's run on the world of myth, I fell in love with her. I mean, I totally developed like a full on literary girly crush on her because she is a librarian. So you assume meek, mild, quiet, um, unassuming, helpless and she is anything but <laughs> so yeah liberty's run it's a really good book you can get it on mythmart.com and if you're in canada and you know you don't want to go to mythmart i don't know why you wouldn't but you know you can get it on amazon as well so i think it's also available for kindle as well. I'm looking at my live studio audience and he's nodding in his brand new hat. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, Liberty's Run, Walter G. Esselman, do it. It's a good book. And uh, oh, see, now look at, we're only like two minutes in and I've already forgotten like what the second thing for housekeeping was. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I need like crickets or something to be playing because I don't remember what the second thing for housekeeping was okay well I've done that never mind <laughs> my live studio audience just popped in he's in my ear because you know he's usually in my head but today he's in my ear um and it was to remind you all about Myth Mart as I mentioned that's where you can get Walter's book you can get my books you can get a plethora of books um you could build a library out of the books that you could get at Myth Mart uh, there will be some nifty little wheels and deals coming up soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're going to be launching a catalog. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that'll be out in a bit. Probably closer to the Christmas season so that you can have a take, you know, take a boo and decide what you're going to buy people for Christmas. I do want to mention, we do have podcast t-shirts over there. So if you have like a favorite podcast, you know, like mine, um, and you want my face on a shirt, I mean, I wear my face on a shirt all the time. I actually have a Lupus Bits t-shirt. There is a, the new one that just came out is the World of Myth Bits, and it's really, really cool. I really, really like it. So I think when I'm in California in October, I'm going to do a little Myth Mart shopping while I'm at Scarefair, because, you know, I want some stuffs, and I don't like waiting for delivery, so, oh, I'm, okay, I say I don't like waiting for delivery, but I'm willing to wait, like, four weeks, five weeks, to get, to go and actually buy it, I don't know, go figure, I'm a weirdo, but I'm a lovable weirdo, that's why you guys keep tuning in every week, <sighs> so how was your week? Mine was, I don't even know how 
to put my week into words. I remember, okay, I remember last week when, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, I said that um, some big, big changes were coming for me, that I could feel some big changes, some big shifts coming. Um, they've started doing that kind of unexpectedly, unbeknownst to me, um, mildly unwillingly. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, like you get comfortable and accepting of being a certain way of, I don't even know what the words I'm looking for are, believing a certain way, following certain paths, living your life by a certain set of rules. And then something so simple as a conversation happens and it completely flips that on its axis and you're left going, what the hell, man? <laughs> what the hell? So I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm in the middle of that, but I'm at the beginning of that. Uh, if, if it was a path, I would be at the fork and there's about six different tines on this fork. So I need to choose which way I'm going to go. And the neat thing is, is I can go down one path and go, hmm, no, no, I don't think this fits. And I can turn around and come back and pick another path and try again. That's the neat thing about growing and evolving and changing and exploring is that you can try different things. And if they don't fit, if they don't feel right, if they don't work, then you can about face and try something new, try something different. Um, and I'm, I'm slowly peeling back years and years and years and years and years of conditioning and um, try, kind of finding out that some of the things that I followed, some of the things that I believed, some of the things that I lived by weren't necessarily actually things that I followed and believed. Um, I lived by them because when I originally started doing that, it was the right thing to do. It felt like the right thing to do for me at the time. And then after, you know, after a while, it just becomes habit. It's just part of who you are and you don't question it. You don't, you don't look at it too closely because if you do, you know, it's going to start to unravel a little bit. One conversation is all it took to find that little tiny loose thread. And you all know what happens when you have a loose thread in like a sweater or something, especially if it's a knitted sweater and you pick and you pluck and you pull at that little tiny thread. And that little tiny thread becomes a longer thread. And then that thread at the end of that thread becomes a hole. And the more you pull at it and the more you pick at it, the longer the thread gets and the bigger the hole gets and the smaller the comfortable sweater you've been wearing gets. And you become more exposed and I guess vulnerable. And that's not a comfortable place to be in. Let me tell you, it is definitely not a comfortable place to be in. But for me, at least, I have found that the place that I do the most uh, learning, the most growing, the most expanding of my mind, not my waistline, thank you very much, 
is when I am feeling vulnerable, is when I am feeling open and raw and my shields are down, my defenses are down. That is when those lessons are... Okay, the words that are spinning around in my head right now are not grammatically correct, which is why they're not coming out of my mouth, um, which is where I do, which where I have a better grasp of what I need to learn, what lesson is being presented to me and how I need to face it. And hang on, I need a drink. It's been a long day. I've already done one podcast today. I was a guest on a podcast. So also pausing for a drink lets me collect my thoughts a little bit. When I'm in that position, when I'm I'm feeling those emotions, that's when the real work that I need to do begins. That's when I see, okay, this is this is what I need to do. This is where I am. This is why I feel the way I do. That one conversation. That's all it took. One conversation kind of completely unraveled the comfortable sweater I had been wearing. I had revealed things during that conversation that well, there's now two people on the entire planet that know this. Up until that point, though, there there was nobody but me. I was the, well, me and those that were involved. I don't even, I can't even tell you what the catalyst was to divulge that information. I don't know why I shared that information I don't it didn't serve any purpose it didn't have any bearing on the situation or the relationship that I have with this person but I just kind of found that the words just kept tumbling out of my mouth and the more I tried to stop them the more came out and I don't I don't know I felt I don't want to say it was cathartic because I have done nothing but suffer since then, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, these are things that I had pretty much sealed in a box and stuck in cement and buried in the deepest ocean of my brain and then put like three cities and the Titanic on top of it. And I just kind of dug it all out and opened the box and if you ever have opened, okay, you know, when you get something and it comes in the box and it's all stacked in the pretty little styrofoam and it's all in there and it fits perfectly and the instruction manual slides in the box nicely and then you take it all out and it's not what you want and you try and put it all back in and you can't get it back in the way it's supposed to go and the box won't close or you try and refold, excuse me, for those of the generation that actually remember roadmaps, you try and refold a roadmap. Have you ever tried that? I can't get the box closed. So whenever I close my eyes, all of the horrors, and there are still things in that box that I have not given voice to. I don't know if I ever will. I may just keep them once I can get them corralled and back into the box. Uh, right now they're running rampant through my dreams. Every time I close my eyes, I, it's there. So for the last few days, I have slept very little because if I'm awake, I can do things to keep me busy and I can't think. And I know, I know I can already hear like one of you at least screaming in my head that because of the health issues that I have and, you know, I'm a human being, we need sleep. <laughs> you know, sleep deprivation is actually a form of torture. 
I will sleep. Actually, tonight I'm probably going to... I have sleeping pills for situations when I can't sleep. Um, I don't take them on a regular. I don't think I've taken one in... I don't think I've taken one in a year. Maybe just under a year. About a year. Yeah, about a year. Um, I might actually take one tonight so that I can just... Because it pretty much shuts off everything but basic bodily function. <laughs> you know, my brain knows enough to breathe, roll over, and fart if needed. That's all that my body is capable of doing. Oh, and keep my heart beating. Um, it doesn't... And once that pill kicks in, I pray that I am at least somewhere where I'm going to land softly because um, it it takes about 20 minutes. And when it kicks in, that's it. I'm done. Psst, I'm out. There's no getting sleepy and taking my glasses off or, you know, turning the light off or putting my book. No, there's none of that. I have done full face plants with my tablet and um, my granddaughter, the one time it happened, she was there. She was beside me and she had her little tablet and I had my little tablet and, you know, I was reading and she was reading and that was it. Boom. I was out and my tablet just went smack right in the forehead. She actually thought I broke my nose and she went running down the hall to find her papa because Uma didn't move. The tablet hit Amma in the face and Amma didn't move. <laughs> Amma didn't say ow. Amma didn't twitch. Amma didn't do anything because Amma was out. So I think I may take one of those tonight just to shut my brain off for a few hours. I need to. because I mean, I yes, okay. Realistically, logically, therapeutically, if you will, I know I need to take all of those things in that box and I need to look at each and every one of them and I need to deal with each and every one of them. Some of them I just need to accept for what they are, for what it is. And some of them I need to examine and, and reconcile and remove blame from where blame doesn't belong and put it where it does belong. And I'm just not ready to do that yet. And I'm telling you this because it leads back to what I said earlier about one conversation being very, very pivotal. And this was the pivotal conversation that led into um, a deeper conversation, which I mean, how much deeper can you get from that? But you, you can, apparently but why I had walked away from certain things that I had walked away from years and years and years ago. And there were, I want to say realizations, but I was told they're not realizations. They're more like revelations. <laughs> that a lot of it was rebellion. A lot of it was anger. And I need to face that anger. I need to reconcile that anger. I need to... I need to go out into a field miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away from anybody and scream and have a conversation, a very loud conversation. I don't know of any places around here where I can do that. I have to find a place. But again, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do that. So like I said, I'm at the beginning of a fork in the road and I don't know if... 
I want to stay on the current path that I'm on and just kind of um, stay with the status quo because it's what I know. Ooh, that rhymes. Um, it's what I'm comfortable with. It's... <laughs> it's what... My live studio audience is a little bit of a smart ass tonight, so I to bear with me. <laughs> Can you see? Yeah, just I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know where I am going to go. Uh, not physically. I'm not going anywhere physically right now, except to my sisters tomorrow. Metaphysically, um, emotionally, spiritually, I am moving, evolving. Evolving. That's a good word. That was a word that was actually given to me uh, a couple of days ago by um, a very, very, very dear friend of mine. And She's an avid listener and she said that I'm not changing, I'm evolving. And, uh, well, I hope in my evolution that I get a little taller. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I get a little taller, but I think that can actually be accomplished because I think at the end of this evolution, I will stand a little taller. Um, I'll hold my head a little higher. Who knows? I don't know, but I know that this right now, what I, I, what I need to do, I need to completely tear myself apart and then put the pieces back together correctly because things that I have to face tore me apart literally and figuratively. And I was not put back together properly because I was too young when it happened, um, to have the correct tools to be able to put those pieces back into the places that they needed to be. I just kind of stuck them wherever I could, gathered up what was left of, you know, my dignity and, um, stuffed it all into a bag and kicked it into the back of my closet, left it there. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to, I just, I'll, I'll admit it flat out. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do this. I certainly don't want to do this by myself. Like physically, I don't want to physically do this by myself. I don't trust myself alone to do this, to go through any of this. Um, the conversation the other night was hard enough. The nightmares are brutal, but bearable. And I do have to admit, intermixed with those, and they're not really nightmares, they're more of um, vivid memories, but intermixed with those are some really messed up dreams. Like, just, I don't even know where, the, I, I I don't know, I'm, I have cooked up some pretty strange things while I've been writing, and I've woken up from some of these dreams going, eh? That's what started the pivotal conversation. I'd asked somebody to interpret a dream. Just dawned on me. It all started with the interpretation of a really weird dream. Uh, and the revelation from the person analyzing the dream, telling me that I'm changing, I'm evolving, I'm moving forward from things in my past and people in my past. And the time of that is running out and there'll be a new beginning and a new start. That's what started it. Mm -hmm. 
I won't do that again. <laughs> and I've actually talked to a couple of people since that conversation about that particular dream and um, not telling any of them what any of them have said, just this is the dream. What do you think? And they all said the same thing. So it's like, oh, crap. All right. Fine. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things that was very, I mean, after it was pointed out to me, apparently, was very obvious in the dream is it's time for me to let go of somebody that meant a lot to me at one point. And it's kind of funny because there was a conversation, um, I think about a month ago, that um, I was asked if that person was still breathing and was still alive, would I be with that person? And I actually gave it some thought. And even if I was in a position to be with that person, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because when that person and I parted ways, I had already begun growing beyond him, changing from the person I was when I first met him to the person I was as I was coming back to Canada two and a half years later. And we had already gotten to a point um, where the relationship was more bad than good. Um, I think over the years I've kind of glossed over and voluntarily forgotten why I came back, what drove me to come back, what um, the, the situation that was when I actually left, um, things that had happened that I had, you know, downplayed. And yes, of course, I hear my friend screaming in my head yet again, because <laughs> when I came back, she was the one that I stayed with. She was the one that uh, picked up all of those pieces and went, you don't need this one and you don't need that one. And you should never have had that one in the first place. <laughs> she knows everything pretty much that went on in the relationship and she just shook her head really shook her head at me like why did you stay so long shook her head well I stayed because I thought what I was doing <laughs> apparently I didn't it's funny because every time I think I know what something is like I know what independence feels like or I know what freedom feels like or I know what contentment or peacefulness feels like or I know what love is something comes along and goes well no not quite and gives me a lesson in why I was wrong and he realization this was a a, a 3 30 in the morning two days ago revelation realization that I had he was a very good example of what Love was not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He was a very good example of what love was not. Because it was not lasting. It was not sustaining. It was not a partnership. It was not mutual. It was not equal. It was not a team. He drained me 
uh, for everything that I had energy wise and metaphysically and anything knowledge, anything that I had, he would drain it from me. And I, when I came back, I was almost a husk, a shell, an empty shell. And it took a long time to fill that back up. The life that I led was very different than the one that I lead now. The one I lead now is very different from the one that I led when I came back. That's, I think that's all part of the evolution. I think that's all part of me figuring out who I am and what I am and where I want to be and where I want to go and the types of people that I want in my life, the kinds of energies that I want to be associated with, that I want to be connected to. And that part of my life is something that is very special, will remain very special to me. I mean, I learned a lot and it wasn't all shotguns and hand grenades. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of a joke from an earlier conversation. Um, but I mean, it had its good moments. It had its good points. And I have memories that I will cherish forever. Um, I can't change that. I can't, you know, unlive those memories. There are memories that jaded some of those. Now that I've kind of sat and actually had a good, realistic, eyes wide open look at um, the entire relationship from start to finish and examined it for what it was. It was an escape. It was, um, it was passion. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that was definitely, you know, um, a, uh, fiery, <laughs> fiery relationship, whether we were fighting or we were, um, working together as a team on something, it was fiery, um, explosive. Yeah. Explosive is a good word. Explosive is a really good word. Uh, and the thing is, is my friend that I ended up staying with when I came back, she knew him too, because she introduced me to him. So yes, this is all, that was all your fault. Uh, <laughs> and I've said it to her too. I've said it to her face. We've joked about it. She, you know, but she knew him. She actually introduced him to me. And she did warn me when she did introduce me to him that he was a charmer. Um, he was a sweet talker. And don't ever talk to him on the phone because he had a killer southern drawl. And he did. He really did. He had a killer southern drawl. I I don't know. I I'm a sucker for an accent. I'm a sucker for a singer. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a cute smile, you know, and he kind of had like all, well, he didn't really sing. Dude couldn't sing. It was really bad. He tried. It was really bad, but he had everything that at that point in time, I thought I needed in my life because I was in a very dark place in my life. I was in a very unhappy place in my life. So when I say he was an escape, he was an escape from myself, basically. 
And it took me two and a half years to figure out that you cannot actually run from yourself. Uh, you could try. You can um, hide from yourself for a while, but eventually yourself finds you and taps you on the shoulder and goes, excuse me, uh, did you forget about me? We need to talk. And you have to face all of that. So I came home and I did that and um, convinced myself that that's what I was happy with. But I was changing even then. I was just doing it in a safe environment um, where I didn't have to really try all that hard. If I didn't want to do something, then I didn't have to face it. I didn't have to do it. I could just stay in my happy little misery bubble and in my happy little misery home and, you know, do my happy little things and whatever hobby came along that I wanted to do, like sewing or sculpting or writing, I could do that, and, you know, every now and again, go get a real job. But it was never quite enough. It was never, it never um, felt right. It never felt peaceful. I've said, I mean, I, I, I've said this before, and I'm really just rehashing stuff that I've already said in previous podcasts. But like I said, that pivotal conversation has kind of brought us to a new fork in the journey. Um, it wasn't until I said the words out loud that I realized that things had already reached that stage neither one of us had vocalized it. And then as I drove down my street that I had lived on, I mean, I lived on this street for 21 years. And as I drove down that street, knowing, I mean, there was an assumption I was coming back, but I knew the minute I put that car in reverse and I pulled out of that driveway, I was not coming back. I would come back and get my things, but I was not coming back. I felt for the first time in 44 years, I felt peace. And that's something that I think I've realized that I've been searching for for 44 years. And I say 44 years because 44 years ago, something took that peace away from me. And I have been searching for it for a long time and just stepping out on my own and stepping into my own gave me a moment of peace. I had a moment of peace. Um, of course, you know, and then reality came crashing in. <laughs> so, you know, okay, I have nowhere to live. I have no job. I have no money. What am I going to do? You know, reality. So um, I was a mess by the time I got to where I was going. Thankfully, she had open arms and a trailer for me to fall into and Casa de Wayward Witch was born. And I think it's funny that that was the term given to it, wayward, because it was very wayward and I was very lost. Um, I was very confused about who I was and I was, I was a mess. I was, I was a mess. And I wasn't even a hot mess because I looked awful. You know, I mean, I'm a hot mess now, but I was a hot, I wasn't even a hot mess. I was just a mess. She let me wallow for a day or two and then the hard work started 
and it's been over a year now that I have been changing and evolving and learning things about myself and doing things for myself. And um, two summers ago, well, not the summer that just passed, but the summer before, I actually learned a lot of uh, interesting skills, um, like construction and carpentry skills and things like that, that um, allowed me to see a side of myself that I had forgotten existed, that not only could I be strong of character, but I could be strong of body too. I had forgotten that along with forgetting that I could be strong of character. I'd forgotten that. And that gave that back to me. So I had another little moment of peace and I've kind of the last year and what a month, a year, two months. Um, I have been slowly finding like little breadcrumbs down my trail, slowly finding little moments of peace and oh there's another one picking it up putting it in my little bag carrying it with me and I guard those moments of peace like nobody's business let me tell you I will rain down fire and brimstone on you if you try and disturb my moments of peace or you try and take them from me again because they're mine <laughs> they are hard fought for they are hard won they are mine and I'm keeping them they're my moments of peace um, we were talking about that and the feeling of peace washing over you and, and where you have them. And it's funny because I will have them sitting, leaning up against a tree on the side of a river, just listening to the birds and feeling the sun on my face and feeling the roughness of the tree on my back, listening to the water. And I felt it when I went to midnight mass with my mom for Christmas, I felt it when I went to, and just, I can hear her giggle snorting right now because yes, I remember those are not the bathrooms. They're the confessionals. It's been a while since I'd been in a Catholic church. Gotta forgive me. Um, I felt it when I went to midnight mass with my friend and her mom, um, even though we were giggling a up a storm at the back of the church waiting for any moment now for the priest to expel us from the building um, <laughs> it was just uh it's funny there was just some funny stuff going on okay so you just that's all you need to know there was just some funny stuff going on i feel it when i'm alone at night and all the lights are off and it's quiet and I've hung up the phone and it's nobody but me and my thoughts. I feel peace sometimes. Sometimes it's it's kind of waiting over by the door. I don't know if it's because I don't think I'm deserving of that peace in that moment or if my own demons have taken up all of the space around me so that that moment of peace has no room. Um, but it's there. I find I'm finding more and more moments of peace and more and more moments of contentment, you know, exhaling. <laughs> and I'm finding more of myself. I see more of myself. I can look myself in the eye and go, hey, I know you. I remember you. You're still in there. Yeah. 
So that's kind of where I am. <laughs> wow. All right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a week. See, this is what sleep deprivation does for me. I just ramble on about the oddest things. I will admit that um, after that first night, after that conversation, I was, I won't say resentful, but I was a little bitter that I'd had that conversation. I was a little angry that I'd had that conversation. I wanted to go back and unhave it. I didn't want to have it. I didn't want um, the things that came out to have come out. I didn't want the revelations that I had to have had. I didn't want it because it changes things. It changes a lot of things. Um, and I don't want, I'm not, no, <laughs> I've changed enough. Damn it. I don't want to change anything else. Unfortunately, you can't unhave a conversation. You can't unsay words. Once you put them out there, they're out there hanging around, waiting for you to do something with them. It's not like you can write them on a piece of paper, crumple them up and throw them away. So I don't know where this particular self-discovering journey is going to take me. Um, there have been some hellacious moments this week, not all entirely caused by me. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> there have been some heart-wrenching moments this week. Again, not all of them caused entirely by me. <laughs> and I can laugh about it now because it was, I don't know if you would call it a jumping of the gun or a misguided assumption. And it's it's all been sorted and straightened out so it's kind of funny now but yeah it has been um an emotional roller coaster for me this week and I would like to get off for about a minute and a half and just kind of give myself a good shake like a dog does when they come out of water and just kind of shake it all off and get back on and go all right let's do it again um you, you know you can only do a roller coaster once and you got to get off get back in line and then you can do it again but it has also had some tremendously wonderful moments as well. Even moments that have come out of the tremendously heart-wrenching moments. There were tremendously wonderful moments as well. So yeah, that whole situation was just a huge up and down roller coaster. Um, but that's kind of the uh, lesson that I think... I think that's kind of this week's lesson that for me, when I need to grow, when I need to evolve, if you will, that it isn't just an awakening or an opening of my eyes going, oh, okay, so this is what we're going to do today. This is this is where we're going now. No, no, because of who I am and the type of person that I am and the personality that I have. I have to do everything hard. It has to be painful. It has to be difficult. I have to fight it every single step of the way. A kicking and screaming and wailing, whatever. Um, 
to get to the same place that I would get to if I had have just gone, well, all right, this is, this is, well, let's go this way for a while because it's just who I am. <laughs> I think I, I learn better if I have to suffer for that lesson, if I have to bear pain for that lesson, because oftentimes when I do bear the pain of that lesson, the reward is overwhelming joy. It is overwhelming peace. It is sometimes unconditional love, almost a feeling of grace, which I know is a strange thing to say, but it just kind of popped into my head. So yeah, you know, now it's out there. You deal with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving it all to you. You all can figure that one out. So I think I've come to an acceptance that I will bear that pain. I will tolerate that pain and that trauma and that anguish because the reward is so much better and it is so worth it when I get there. And I was told baby steps. <laughs> so uh, I'm taking baby steps. They are very painful baby steps, but I'm taking baby steps. And I am very thankful for the person who is on that journey with me because I don't think I would be able to do it without them. I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't even be on this particular journey. And I do have to say that after putting into words some of the most horrific things that I have in my little Pandora's box, I do feel lighter. I do feel um, not so alone in that battle. I know that there will be battles that I will have to face alone, that I will have to deal with alone because they are mine alone. But I know that when I come out the other side, there will be somebody waiting with open arms. I won't be truly alone. I will be um, protected. I will be welcomed when I come out the other side. <laughs> and I will come out the other side. I know I will. I, I, uh, I am a lot stronger than I give myself credit for. I am a lot braver than I give myself credit for. And I'm a scrapper. I'm a fighter. I will, I will win. It's that simple. There is no other option. There is no other option. I will win. Remember that. I will win. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of been my week. Uh, pretty heavy week. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to kind of share with you guys where I'm going now. Uh, so strap yourself in. Um, this could be a bumpy ride. Well, not could be. There is no could be about it. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Plain and simple. There may be tears. All right, there will be tears. Not today. I realize I have not drank enough, so I really don't think there's enough liquid in my body to actually produce a tear. Um, I came close a couple of times, and that's when I realized, oh, I'm a little dehydrated, because, you know, normally I would have tears running down my face, and I don't. So I need to drink some liquid, and I need to um, take my Let's Forget the World medicine, and I need to go to bed. I need to sleep. Tomorrow, I've got a busy day tomorrow. I'm going back to my sister's 
And it's funny because normally I'm excited about going. I can't wait to go and I can't wait to spend time with my, my nieces and my nephew. And I want to be there for like a couple of weeks and, you know, but now, I don't know, I've kind of changed a bit. Well, like I said, you know, evolution since I came home from the last time I was at my sister's and I was supposed to go on Monday, but I had work stuff that I had to do that had to be done by the 15th. So, I mean, I could have taken it with me and done it there, but it would have required packing up a lot of stuff. Um, and I kind of needed to be on the phone with the person I was doing the work for. So that would have made it a little difficult because, you know, eight o'clock bedtime at their house. So um, I stayed home and I have a dentist's appointment tomorrow. So I'm going to go tomorrow morning and I'm going to go to my dentist and then I'm going to go to my sister's and I might stay overnight. I might stay a couple of days. I might stay the weekend, but I want, I, I, I'm kind of, you know, want to come home. I kind of like being in my home. I like being in my apartment. I feel like I actually live here now. I mean, I've done laundry here now. I, oh yeah, I got the coolest thing. Oh, I got the coolest thing. Now, when I was um, a young mom and my oldest was a baby, I had him in cloth diapers because, you know, it was the right thing to do. It was environmentally friendly and it was cheap. It was very, very cheap. And my grandmother had this spinner washer and you put everything in the one side and it washes it all. Then you take it out and you kind of wring most of the water out. You put it in the spinner and then it spins the rest of the water out. And then you hang it up to dry. So that's how I used to do his diapers and his baby clothes. And then um, my ex was a cheapskate, except when it came to his computer. So I ended up doing all of our clothes in the spinner washer. And I loved it. It was great. I couldn't find one for the longest time. Well, then I noticed I was looking on Amazon and they actually make them again. Now they're all plastic. They're not metal like they used to be. But this little sucker works great. I love it. I have done, I have no laundry to take to my sister's this time. None whatsoever. Nope. I even washed my sheets in it. It was great. Um, now I can't do stuff like, you know, my pillows or my comforter. That I still have to go to, well, I'll take it to my sister's. But um, yeah, I can do, I did laundry yesterday and I get a basket full and a couple of loads and I'm done. Took me, I think, what, an hour? hour and a half to do my laundry yesterday something like that yeah what an hour hour and a half to do my laundry so yeah I love it and I had to, now this this will tell you how where my brain has been this week um I was trying to find a place that I could put it that it would be out of the way it wouldn't look like it was you know cluttering anything up wasn't sitting in the hallway I didn't have to keep moving it around so I completely rearranged my bedroom to make room for my little four foot by two foot washing machine. <laughs> Although I do like the way my bedroom is set up now. I, there's a couple of things I still want to move around again to different locations because they're not quite working where they are, but, uh, you know, it's a work in progress and, uh, I might want to paint. I haven't really decorated out in my bedroom. My living room is decorated and in, in the hallway and I haven't really decorated the bathroom yet either. So, like I said, it's a work in progress, kind of like me, you know, the main frame, the main, what you see is decorated and good to go. 
the other rooms that have doors <laughs> aren't done. So work in progress. So, okay. So before I completely, you know, talk your ear off, let's do what we usually do now. It's become a thing and go see. Now I decided this week we were going to do, by the way, thank you for listening to me um, share all my deep, dark crap with you. I appreciate it. Hopefully you'll come back next week. Uh, so this week I decided to do Florida Woman because we've kind of been giving Florida Man a hard time the last couple of weeks. So this time we're going to see what Florida Woman is up to. And trust me, she gives just as good as Florida Man. All right. So now let's start out. We'll ease you into Florida Woman. So a Florida Woman, 28, posed as a student to get Instagram followers. A Florida woman allegedly handed out flyers at a high school in the hopes of getting more Instagram followers. Yeah, just post a picture of half your butt hanging out of a pair of booty shorts. You'll have thousands of followers instantly. Or, you know, boob. Show boob. <laughs> okay, so this one, I, I'm going to try and make it through without killing myself laughing because the first time I read it, I just about died. Okay, so, and it's funny because I was actually having a conversation earlier about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Car passenger shelled by flying turtle in Mario Kart-like mishap. 71-year-old woman in Florida was struck in the head by an airborne turtle on the highway, police said. I want to know, you know what, I'm going to see if I can click this, because I want to know why the turtle was airborne in the first place. So a war of, wah, let's try that. Let's try that again. Who threw that shell? Florida woman suffered a bloody but superficial cut to her forehead after a flying turtle smashed through the window of her daughter's car on the highway Wednesday in a bizarre incident that usually only happens in the game, in the video game Mario Kart. The incident happened on Florida's Interstate 95, the Daytona Beach News Journal reports. The 71-year-old woman was sitting in the passenger seat when the turtle shell came crashing through the windshield, struck her in the head, the paper reports. Her daughter immediately pulled over and called 911, thinking it was a rock. Another motorist also pulled over to lend a hand. Something just came through the windshield and hit my mom in the head, the woman told the dispatcher. She's got so much blood coming out of her head. The other motorist inspected the car while the daughter reported the incident. There's a turtle in there. He said in the background of the call, a turtle, the daughter said, an actual turtle. It was an actual turtle. Port Orange Police Spokesman Officer Andre Fleming later confirmed the exact size and species remains unknown. I swear to God, this lady has the worst luck of anything, the daughter said on the call. The authorities suspect the turtle was crossing the road when another vehicle struck it launching it into the air in front of the mother-daughter duo's car. The 71-year-old was treated in hospital but was not seriously hurt. The incident echoed Nintendo's popular Mario Kart games in which drivers try to knock one another out of the race by hurtling turtle shells. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> okay, I made it this far. Okay. It wasn't the first time that Florida police have seen such an incident. 
Another turtle crashed through a windshield on Interstate 4 in 2016. Officials say Wednesday's turtle turtle missile <laughs> turtle missile survived the incident with a few scratches to its shell. It was later released into the woods at the scene. Oh, great. So it can try and cross the road again. Become another projectile on the highway. Why would they not? Apparently, Florida police are about as smart as Florida women. Why would they not put the turtle in a place farther away from the scene? Like, you know, find it somewhere else away from the highway. Oh, yeah. Heroes in a half shell. All right. So moving along. That was a good one. I like that one. Mom with boxing glove accused of trying to fight child at Florida school. Edith Riddle, 34, faces one child, one child, wow, one charge of child abuse in connection with an incident at her daughter's school in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, don't bully her kid. Um, oh, <laughs> Girlfriend suspected of zipping Florida man inside suitcase, killing him. Sarah Boone was allegedly playing a game of hide-and-seek with her now-deceased boyfriend, George Torres Jr. I think he won. Um, oh, this one. This one is... is. I might actually... I'm going to see if I can read the whole article because I want to know. So, tongues in jars found under Florida woman's home, but her ex can explain. Tongues have been wagging... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tongues have been wagging all around town in Gainesville, Florida, after a contractor found jars filled with human remains under the floorboards of a woman's house. The contractor discovered six to eight jars filled largely with human tongues, unbeknownst to homeowner Mary Bauman, according to the Gainesville Police Department. The contractor reported the gruesome discovery to police earlier this week. But the homeowner's ex-husband, Dr. Ronald Bowman, can explain. He brought the tongues home from his job as a pathology researcher and stored them under the house where they would stay cool. Uh-huh. Ronald Bowman working in, worked in pathology for decades and is a professor emeritus at the University of Florida. He said the specimens go back as far as the 1960s and he was simply holding on to them for additional research. I'm holding them for a friend. Right. And working you were a teenager. The doctor forgot about them when he split from his wife, Mary, and moved out of the house years ago. We've got no indication that they were trying to hide anything from us or be deceptive about anything, Chief Inspector George Campus told WCJB. They've been forthcoming from the get-go. That's why, in our preliminary investigation, we don't think we have anything criminal. We just need to verify everything. Campos added that Ronald Bowman appears to have brought the specimens home back in the 1960s when laws were very different around possessing human remains. I don't know what the policies and laws would have been like 50 years ago or whenever it was, but I can tell you that today, that's not something that would be permitted. University of Florida spokesman Steve Orlando told WCJB. There are very strict federal and state laws as well as university policies that prohibit it, you think? It would be neither appropriate or legal for a faculty member or researcher to bring something like that home. Medical examiners are expecting 
ins inspecting the jar's contents to verify their ages and origins. One of the jars appears to contain a fetus. Okay. How? Okay. You know what? I get forgetting that you've got a box of models from when you were 13 in a closet when you move out. I get forgetting you've got a bunch of books on the bookshelf. How can you forget you've got jars of human remains under your house when you move out? How can you just forget that? It's not like it's a pair of socks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you'd forget it. Ooh, I wonder if she used uh, moonshine. So a Florida woman was arrested for allegedly making mason jar bomb at Walmart. You've got everything you need. I'm telling you. Flight forced to turn around after a woman fakes illness for a better seat. Ooh, I gotta keep that one in mind. Pregnant Florida woman uses AR-15 rifle to kill armed home invader. Okay, so I read this one earlier and I asked the question and I'm gonna ask you guys, why? Why would you have an AR-15 rifle in the house with a pregnant woman? First of all, have you ever been around a pregnant woman when she's having mood swings? Have you ever been around a pregnant woman when she has a craving and you're not moving out the door fast enough to go and get it? Do you really want her to have access to an AR-15? Didn't think so. Just saying. I was that pregnant woman, okay? Um, my weapon of choice was whatever happened to be in my hand. Just saying. I had, I had an AR-15. You might have moved a little faster. So, woman pleads guilty to smuggling alligator in her yoga pants. The woman also... Wow. <laughs> I'm being haunted by turtles today. I swear. I'm being haunted by turtles today. It's because I said I wanted to be April when I grew up. Turtle... Wow. Hold on. Woman pleads guilty to smuggling alligator in her yoga pants. The woman also had 41 turtles hidden in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles backpack. I mean, if you're going to smuggle turtles, you might as well do it in the right kind of backpack, right? <laughs> so, mom arrested after video shows daughter licking tongue depressor and putting it back in jar. The woman says she recorded the footage to share with friends and she was unaware of the licking challenge circulating on social media. The licking challenge. There's a licking challenge. What, eating Tide Pods wasn't good enough? Now you got to go around and lick shit? Do you not know the rules? Don't touch your face and don't lick shit. <sighs> a Florida woman has been charged after filming her daughter licking a tongue depressor and putting it back at a clinic. Corey E. Ward, 30, was arrested Thursday in Jacksonville, police said. She is facing a felony charge of tampering with a consumer product without regard for possible death or bodily injury, according to jail records at the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. She was scheduled to appear in court Friday morning. The charge stems from an online video Ward allegedly recorded and shared on Tuesday, which has since been spread on various social media platforms. The, girl, the video shows a girl licking a tongue depressor and then putting it back into a jar of other tongue depressors. The sign, a sign above the tongue depressors reads, please do not touch medical supplies. Thank you. A caption with the video reads, don't tell me how to live my life. I bet you I'm pretty sure if you told her that somebody else had licked this tongue depressor, now open up and say, ah, oh, she'd have a whole lot to say about that. 
The incident happened at the All About Kids and Families Medical Center in Jacksonville. The clinic says it contacted law enforcement about the video and removed all materials and containers from the room where the girl was being treated. Our internal investigation does not reveal any risk to harm or patients. The incident comes amid a rash of similar cases that have gone viral on social media. Videos have sur- sur- blah, 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 surfaced recently of people licking ice cream and drinking mouthwash before putting these products back on grocery store shelves. Some of these incidents have resulted in criminal charges. Okay, I'm not going shopping when I go to Florida. I am not going grocery shopping. I am not buying nothing from nowhere in Florida. I will drive over to the next state and do my shopping and then come back. Sorry, I just had a really weird beep noise and I'm not exactly sure what it was or where it came from. I'm pretty sure I'm operating everything that could possibly beep. Alexa, are you beeping? Nope, it's not her. She can get a little weird sometimes and I've moved her out into the living room and I'm not sure she's adjusting well. Anyway, so yeah, don't, I'm not buying nothing in Florida. Nope. Nope. Not happening. Oh, 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 really? Really? I mean, come on. Have a little more. Oh, really? Okay, so woman offers undercover officer sex for 25 bucks and some chicken nuggies. I've had McDonald's chicken nuggets. They're not worth it. They're not that good. Although they do have those new spicy ones, apparently. I think that's that's about all Florida woman got for us today. Okay, so there's your Florida woman. Now, here are your Friday fun facts, because, you know, we have to do Friday fun facts. I started it. I must continue it. Did you know the humans are the only animals that enjoy spicy foods? That is a lie. That is a lie. We had a dog, Maximilian Sundancer, and he was a counter surfer. He liked to get up on the counter and he liked to eat the food on the counter. So the vet said to take a piece of bread and soak it in Tabasco sauce and leave it on the counter. And he would jump up there and he would eat that and his face would be on fire and he wouldn't do it anymore. Unfortunately, this dog liked Tabasco sauce. My dad even went to the point where he was like, just he'd get up on the counter and my dad would do- grab the dog, open the dog's mouth and just put the stuff right on his tongue and he lick in the bottle. He's not a normal dog. So anyway, but apparently humans are the only animals who actually enjoy eating spicy food. There does not seem to be any health benefits to eating painful peppers, though some research finds that they may fight off fungus. Oh. So the best reason some have suggested is the thrill factor. No different than the fact that we are the only animals that like roller coasters and scary movies. And for some great tips on healthy eating, this is the single best weight loss hack you can do. Okay, whatever. Uh, humans are also the only animals who brains whose brains shrink. Awesome. So when you call somebody a pea brain, eventually one day that could actually be true. As we get older, our brains tend to shrink and can suffer from cognitive dysfunction like Alzheimer's disease and dementia. I know this all too well. But as best researchers can tell, we are the only animals to whom this shrinkage happens. Tests on other animals have found no similar phenomenon. Even close evolutionary relatives like chimpanzees and rayus monkeys. And for... Never mind, I'm not going to keep reading. I won't read the last line because it's stupid. It's about some other website. 
Did you know, and I, yes, I will admit, yes, I did know this. I am living proof of this. Potato chips can cause more weight gain than any other food. <laughs> Why? Because you sit there and you eat the entire bag. A Harvard University study of more than 120,000 people found that potato chips were to blame for the gain of an average of 1.69 pounds per person over four years. Other fatteners, potatoes, sugar-sweetened beverages, and unprocessed red meats. Hmm. Yup. That fish is probably labeled wrong. The salmon is probably not salmon. Researchers estimate that about one-third of all fish sold in restaurants and grocery stores is mislabeled often to deliberately mislead consumers and to get them to buy more expensive fish, getting tilapia while paying red snapper prices. Snapper was found to be mislabeled 87% of the time. Tuna was mislabeled 59%. It's far too common an occurrence to be a fluke. Bananas can't reproduce. Okay. Bananas, we are all, we all know and love, known as Cavendish, are in fact a hybrid of two other plant species. It has no seeds and has only been able to reproduce with the aid of farmers who remove the transplant part of the plant stem in order to create our favorite yellow, our favorite yellow fruit. Oh, wow. So we have engineered bananas. Okie dokie. Oh, we already knew it's impossible to hum while holding your nose. You're not humming. My studio audience thinks he's smart. He's not humming. He's just looking like he's humming. That's not humming. That's grunting. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> the least interesting day in history. <laughs> One day y'all are going to get to hear the conversation. The other half of the live studio audience conversation. It won't just sound like me talking to myself. Okay, so apparently the least interesting day in history was April 11th, 1954. And I seriously hope you were not born on that day because that's just an insult. That, according to software developers, True Knowledge, the search engine project collects facts. And of the more than 300 million facts it has collected, just two occurred on this date. A soccer player named Jack Shufflebotham died and a Turkish academic named Abdullah Atalar was born. And yeah. All right. Oh, wow. Aldous Huxley and C.S. Lewis died on the same day as JFK. The deaths of these venerable British writers, who died within about 10 minutes of each other, would seem newsworthy under most circumstances, but it was hard for the loss of the brave author of Brave New World or the Narnia series to garner much attention when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated within the hour. Hmm. Bigger forks lead you to eat less. That doesn't make sense. Bigger fork, you eat more. A study in the Journal of Consumer Research found that when diners were given smaller forks with which to eat their meals, they ended up eating less. I thought it said bigger forks. This says smaller forks. Now I'm confused. According to researchers, this is because the smaller forkfuls of food lead di led diners to feel they are not making much of a dent in consuming their food and, hence, satisfying their hunger. Huh? Okay, I don't get that one. Maybe it's because it's like 2.30 in the morning and I'm tired. I don't know. 
Cell phones are full of bacteria. Oh, really? No doubt. While it's unlikely that they cause cancer or spark a fire at a gas station, as popular lore might suggest, mobile devices have been found to be loaded with bacteria. According to some research by British scientists, the average cell phone carries 18 times more potentially harmful germs than the toilet handle in a men's restroom. When was the last time you disinfected your phone? <laughs> Ew. I need to go and um, stick my phone in some bleach. The longest living insect is the termite. Well, they've never run out of food. Cockroaches may have been around since dinosaurs roamed the planet, but the termite queen lives longer than any other insect out there. Some scientists estimate that these obese and pretty disgusting critters live as long as 100 years. Wow. Chewing gum after a meal reduces heartburn. I knew that. Turns out that saliva, the saliva that's stimulated by chewing gum, becomes more alkaline, effectively neutralizing the acid reflux that creates heartburn while soothing your esophagus. Dogs can smell cancer. They don't call them man's best friend for nothing. Researchers have found that dogs are able to pick up a specific scent that cancer produces in a person which is undetectable to humans. So if your dog is acting strange around you, you may it may be you who needs to get checked out by a physician. Hmm. Bees can detect bombs. If you thought that was impressive, bees are able to detect bombs with their tongues. Just as law enforcement uses dogs to sniff out explosives, bees can be trained to associate the scent with receiving food as a reward. So when a bee's handler sees it extend its a little proby thing. They know they've got a bomb on their hands. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. You know why? I can tell you why. You know why? Boyfriends do more housework than husbands. The survey, a survey, 17,000 people from across 28 countries found that after marriage, the amount of time a man spends doing chores on a weekly basis decreases significantly. Because she said, I do, and he no longer has to impress her. The world's biggest tire producer. The world's biggest tire producer. Who do you think that would be? Off the top of your head. What do you think? Michelin, Goodyear, what? Nope. The world's biggest tire producer is Lego. Lego. The toy company produces approximately 306 million tires per year far more than any other manufacturer in the world. They may be tiny toy tires, but the fact still stands. <laughs> and with that, I am going to leave you what? The longest word you can type with just your left hand is sweater dresses. Hold on. Ah, oh, it is entirely with your left hand. Well, there you go. Yes, I did try it. For grammar sticklers who say that it should include a hyphen requiring you to use your right hand, then the longest word is stewardesses. The longest word you can type with your right hand is the European wildflower Johnny Jump Up. Ah, interesting. Oh, no. I can guarantee you in about 15 seconds, my live studio audience is going to be going, yes! Yes, naps could save your life. <laughs> Research has found that a midday nap can make you more creative, 
focused, and fresh for the rest of the day. But one study also found that they can also reduce your risk of heart attack. Specifically, those who regularly nap were found to be 37% less likely to die from a heart attack or other coronary ailment than those who worked straight through the day. Newborns don't shed tears. Tear ducts don't fully develop in infants until they are about one to three months old, making it impossible for babies to shed actual tears. No wonder they have to express their emotions by crying loudly. All right, folks, that is all the crazy fun facts I am going to do for today. Why? Because I have reached the end of the list. Um, I really do want to thank you guys for hanging out with me and for sticking it out with me and for being here, listening to me ramble on. Uh, I realize this has probably been a longer than normal episode. It actually has been a longer than normal episode. And my producer is going to cringe when he sees how long it is. But, you know, Joe, I love you. Anyway, who knows what next week is going to bring. I will have nephew stories. I will have niece stories because they say the darndest things every day. They really should just have a TV crew following them around because they're hilarious. I hope you guys all have a good week. And if you don't, I hope you have somebody that you can talk to. And I hope you all find your moments of peace. So... All right, everybody, have a good week, and I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on our way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.